Welcome to the Tourism Entrepreneur Podcast. I am your host, Vanessa Benoun, and the next two episodes will focus on Black content creators in the travel industry. This morning, we are welcoming a travelpreneur who has one of Travel Noir's 11 influential Black women in travel you should know. She's been featured on USA Today, Huffington Post, and Lonely Planet. She's also a published author, a digital marketing strategist, and if you haven't guessed it yet, her name is Rachel V. Hill. And trust me, you don't want to miss this chat. So stay tuned and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Hello, Rachel, and welcome to the Tourism Entrepreneur Podcast. Hello, Vanessa, and thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. I have tons of questions and I can't wait to start learning from you. I think the first thing we all like to know is how you manage to stay on top of things. You are a traveler, a writer, you help companies with marketing and <laughs> yeah. your workshop all at the same time. So what's your secret? And of course, how did it all start? Yeah, so let I have to back up a little bit to talk about where it started in order to kind of give some context around where I am okay. today. So originally I graduated from university, you know, did the entire story that we're all kind of like told to do. You go to university or you get a really good job and then, you know, hopefully you, you know, meet someone, you have a family and you just kind of live the rest of your days. Um, and I realized very quickly after about five years working um, in corporate America that I probably wasn't going to be able to do that for 30, 30 more years. And so I just kind of made a decision to retire from you know, I had a really a well-paying job, a promising career at the time. You know, I was in my mid-20s. I was 27 when I decided to retire from corporate America because I, I didn't know what was going to happen, but I just knew that wasn't going to be it for me. Um, and so I, and at the time too, there were, you know, Instagram was, I, I don't think Instagram existed or maybe it was like the first iteration of Instagram at the time. Um, and so a lot of the travel blogs that I was reading were primarily on like a MySpace or a Facebook at the time. Maybe not yeah. even MySpace, but like those older like blogs like Tumblr mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, and I also saw there weren't a lot of um, information around black people traveling. And because I had traveled before, I knew that my experience as a black woman was different than some of my white co-workers and, and their travel experiences. Um, anyway, so I decided I was going to leave corporate. I was going to just backpack um, through Southeast Asia. I had just read Eat, Pray, Love. So I was like, if she could do it, I could do it. Literally, I was like, she ain't doing nothing that I can't, right? Like, that's kind of what I told myself. <laughs> Being young and crazy. And I went backpacking through Southeast Asia for about three months. And actually about about four months from the summer of 2014 until the end of the year. So about four or five months, well, about four and a half months. And so um, during that time, obviously my family and friends thought I completely lost my mind because I left, you know, such a, a promising life and career to do what? To travel, to go backpacking in, in Asia? Like, why are you doing that, right? And so I was like, you know what? I'm kind of tired of explaining myself all the time and explaining, you know, my experiences. So I'll just do a blog and then 
you know, share pictures and my experiences and then everybody can read it. So then when I catch up with everyone, then we can have, I'm not, you know, repeating stories or missing details. Then we could talk about other things. And so that's why I started a blog was to share with my family and friends. Um, but again, at the time, this was like the emergence of the black travel movement. Um, a brands like Travel Noir had come out. Um, black and a Bride had come out. So um, it was kind of like this movement that was happening at the same time. And mm -hmm. I was just creating this content. I was sharing the content. But from the perspective of being a single young black woman traveling solo through these like mystical and mysterious lands. Um, and from there, that's how I kind of grew this travel brand enrolled into being a travel influencer once social media started picking up and you know Instagram you, you had filters now and then you had hashtags where it was easy to kind of find people um, and so it was easy for, to meet people and, and that sort of thing so that's how my career started in travel and tourism and then because I had worked in IT um, and I have a uh, marketing background, I was able to transition a lot of the a lot of the knowledge that I you know had from school and from working in a corporate environment and kind of interlace those principles with what that looked like to bring it down to a personal brand. Um, and so from there, um, I, I, I was able to monetize the brand. And then as brands started to see more black travelers, they wanted to understand, well, how do we tap into this market? Because we've, we're seeing more of you all are traveling, but we don't really know what we don't know. And so mm -hmm. then I was able to say, I know what you need because I'm the person that you're looking for and I can tell you what you're doing wrong because I'm a marketer, right? And so that's kind of, kind of how it all started. Um, and so that's where I am now. I've kind of retired from the influencer side of things, um, not so much a content creator, but my interest now is helping other influencers, helping other travel consultants and strategists and organizations and businesses monetize either their brands or help them source and find quality black content creators because we need a voice too. Um, and so I'm, I'm in this like nice intersection where I can do a little bit of both um, and it's super rewarding. Hmm. I don't, there's so much to unpack. Um, I don't know where I should go. Okay, I have so many questions. <laughs> I'll, start, I'll start maybe with the fact that you mentioned that your family was afraid. Like when you left, they were worried about you. Mm -hmm. So, um, and when we started talking, there's something that you mentioned about demystifying travel in the black community. Yes. Travel should be okay. Travel, you know, the fact that she just, I know maybe it was a bit strange for them that she left a high paying job to do that. Mm -hmm. But even today, travel is still a bit of a mystery. A it's, it's still something that yeah, in our community, we mm -hmm. don't understand. Yeah. So tell me, what do you think? What do you think? Of, what's your take on it? So when it comes to demystifying travel amongst black people across the entire diaspora, some of the things that I was seeing is, you know, from a brand perspective and I can't put all the blame on them, right? Because a lot of times we don't know what we don't know. And a lot of that is because we don't have exposure, right? So if you don't have exposure to a certain community or a friend or a contact or a resource, then you're just kind of going off of what you assume it's supposed to be or based off of your own learned ex experience. Um, and so some of the things that I was seeing was that, well, first I thought it was really interesting that it was 2014, 15, 16, 17, and a lot of the places I had gone 
many of the people, I was the first black person they ever saw, like ever. That and then also that black people can't afford to travel or that we can't afford um, a certain type of travel, right? So that luxury travel does not exist amongst our community, which is a lie, right? Um, those are just some of the things that I've seen and that I want to demystify and talk about. So um, regarding the messaging, I think I'll touch on the messaging on your website because when you get sure. there, you know, it's, it's really bold. Um, <laughs> you talk about turning, turning a digital product into a six-figure income stream. And I'm, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I want to know how, how this works. Yeah. But before we get to the six-figure um, part, can I ask what is your approach to marketing and what are the steps to transform a simple idea first mm -hmm. into a valuable um, digital product? Yeah, so I'll just back up a little bit on why I'm even helping entrepreneurs and, and other travel organizations create these digital products. So when I became an influencer, and again, with um, the knowledge I had from working in marketing and then also meeting digital nomads, people who were like six years younger than me that were making thousands of dollars just, you know, on their computer for a couple hours. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, oh, yeah, let's go for a hike. And I'm like, wait a minute, I need to get on this train, like, <laughs> you know? Um, but I was able to create digital products, you know, years ago that even to this very day, I actually, you know, check my email and I still get payments from things that I created years ago. And so I, I find that too, especially when it comes to black content creators, a lot of times we're betting on brand deals and not our own intellect, our own intellect, right? And our own intellectual property and our own expertise and taking our expertise be and, and packaging it and helping other people. Um, you know, we, I've shared with you that I used to live in South Africa. And so a lot of people wanted to know, you know, how do you live in South Africa as a black American? What is the transition? From a visa perspective, how did you find the place to live? How was dating there? How do you make friends? All of these things, which are very valid, but I could even take my own experiences, my own lived experience and package that together and help someone who decides, you know, after all of this is over, I want to move to South Africa. So um, as far as the approach to finding something um, that your audience would want, I think sometimes what happens is we think people want something. Um, and then we create it, we spend all this time, this energy, this money, these resources creating it and it flops. Um, and mm -hmm. I talk to a lot of content creators about like, they're like, I want to do this course on whatever. And I'm like, that sounds good, but have you asked your audience? Is this something that they need? You know, based on the content that you have shared, what are some of the things that they're responding to you with? What are some of the questions that they're asking? And those are the areas that you can offer solutions. Um, I'll give you a, person, a, a story about my business. I remember some years ago, I wanted to create this course on how to travel solo. And I just knew that so many women were like, oh yeah, I wanna mm -hmm. travel solo. And at the time, this is probably like 2016, traveling solo wasn't as exciting. It was still very like taboo and kind of like, I, me travel solo in Africa, in Asia? So I created this thing thinking people wanted it because so many people were fascinated by my me traveling solo, but it wasn't necessarily something that they wanted to do at the time. And so I created this thing and it didn't, you know, it did okay, but it didn't go as well as I wanted it to. And so that's how I was able to kind of pivot my approach and say, 
instead of it being what I want people to learn, what do people want to learn from me? And so I think if you can start asking those sorts of questions and digging through, you know, your own content, digging through your own, you know, comments and where you engage with your audience, you'll find the answers there. And you can also, you know, with social media, they have polls and surveys. You can even ask simple questions like, what is your biggest challenge right now with insert whatever that looks like? Hmm. And uh, Rachel, we were talking about, let's tell the black content uh, creators um, part of side of things. Do you think that they are represented enough? What do you think and how can we as an industry make them even more visible? So I think is the rep is representation better today than it was say seven years ago? Absolutely. Is it where it should be? No, <laughs> not at all. Um, and so while I can say I've seen the progression and I appreciate the progression, I think it's slower than it should be, right? Now, I will say that, you know, with everything that's happened in the planet, especially in 2020, we have, you know, Black Lives Matter. That was like a huge campaign. We have Stop the Asian Hate. You know, we have all these these campaigns. Um, even in the States, we have, you know, about Native Americans um, in the States and how they've been treated bad. So I think there there has been an awareness, an opening up of an awareness that, okay, there is more than one type of of human that travels and they don't necessarily look white you know they're even when we look at you know the way if, again from a marketing and a business perspective the consumer and the buying behavior and the travel style of black travelers across the diaspora looks very different from asian mm -hmm. travelers and how they travel right like if you mm -hmm. think about asian travelers oftentimes you'll see really large groups of them if you go to certain places Versus if you look at the average black traveler, you may see couples or, or families, but you don't typically see a group of yeah. 50 plus people, right? And so these <laughs> yeah. are things that you have to kind of think about from a brand perspective of if we are, if we want to encourage black travelers, Asian travelers, whoever this looks like to come to our unique destination, then we need to create visuals and marketing campaigns and, you know, things where people can actually see themselves inside of that destination, mm -hmm. right? Because I even remember the first time I went to South Africa and just looking at all the beautiful images and South Africa is still one of my favorite countries, but I just remember seeing only white people on advertising. And I'm like, now I'm pretty sure Africa, <laughs> you know, like just trying to put it together. Like if this is Africa, if it's a country <laughs> on the continent of Africa, why aren't Africans true Africans mm. being represented in, in in marketing, right? And so even no. those sorts of things where as a black American, although I know that, you know, black people are in Africa, if I don't, say if I don't know that, right? And I see advertisements of South Africa and it's only white people, then I may not, I may feel that mm. I'm not accepted yeah. there, that I don't belong there. And not because something said it, but psychologically not seeing yourself in in a place makes it really difficult and so mm -hmm. when i talk to a lot of brands i always say you know people need to be able to resonate with with you and a lot of times it looks like placing someone who looks like me in that destination enjoying the things that you all enjoy 
in this place, eating the foods that you all enjoy, hanging out with their family because we have families too that we love and care about, mm -hmm. you know? So kind of like humanizing the experience for all of us instead of making it just so homogeneous, like this is what we're focusing on and everyone else mm -hmm. kind of like just falls in there. And I'm not trying to make excuses because I know there are brands who actually, you know, they have all the resources to actually work with black content creators, right. but they don't. And sometimes you don't know um, what, who to choose. You have that pool. There are so many vloggers and travel writers and right. influencers out there. So what are the key points they should focus on to get the right person for the job? Yeah, so I think when influencer marketing especially in the travel perspective first started a lot of people were like okay they have twenty thousand followers let's go with them right and so we've seen this huge transition because just because you have a, a gazillion followers doesn't mean anything especially when you can buy followers um and if you have followers it doesn't necessarily mean that your followers trust what you mm -hmm. are um telling them right some yeah. people may just like your really beautiful photos they're not interested in you know how you you know moved here or there they're not interested in how to you know basket weave or whatever it is that you're talking about they may just be like oh pretty pictures right so I think for brands they should start taking a little bit more time kind of like dating um, vetting these influencers right seeing what their values are in alignment with um, and, and again, that takes time by looking through some of these accounts, mm. um, seeing how, like, do people ask them questions, right? Because I've, you know, even looked at some influencer accounts and they're just posting images, but no, people are just like, cool, this is pretty. But are people actually responding with, oh, wow, this is a beautiful location. How were you able to get here? Mm. Those sorts of things. And, and they're responding and giving valuable information. Those are the type of influencers that you want to work with because people are asking them questions because they know, feel like they know, like, or trust them, right? So you're not going to ask for anyone's advice if you don't want to take it or at least think that it's something that you can, should consider. So that is a great way to find, you know, influencers by going through their content and seeing if people are actually, you know, seeking advice from them, right? And there's also this, you know, this transition or types or tiers of influencers where you have nano influencers and micro influencers and yes. macro influencers. And so a lot of brands are starting to look more into nano and micro influencers because having these smaller audiences means and feels more authentic than mm -hmm. say a Kim Kardashian mm -hmm. as an example, yeah. right? So even looking at these smaller influencers that create just as good of quality content where their smaller audience is still, you know, trusting them because if you had a, a million followers and you only converted 10 people and you had a thousand followers and you converted 15 of those people because they trusted you, you still want to go with the person who can convert 15 versus the 10, right? So I would say those are some, some great places to look at, not so much the followers, but what are their values? Do they align with the brand? And are, is their audience actually asking and seeking their help and their knowledge? Hmm. Thanks, Rich. Now, now food for thought, because I'm, I'm going through this process with brands I'm working with. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's something we really have to keep in mind. 
and now um i'd like us to shift to your platform to your website because it's cool. full of resources <laughs> yeah. that you can find a lot of, of resources there some are free like the workshops for instance yes. and i also see, saw the mention of a podcast so can you please yes. tell, tell us more about the marketing war, war room and of course the launch blueprint yes so the marketing war room is my podcast and it's less than 10 minutes and the entire goal of the podcast is to give you quick marketing strategies or war room war tactics or strategies and i equate marketing to war not in the sense of fighting and killing but in the sense of strategies right because when we think of war it's always strategic you know what works in one battle may not work in the next battle and so when it comes to marketing you have to constantly test um, there are so many different social platforms that so you have to figure out what works best for you. Is your audience transitioning? And so anyway, on the podcast, I just kind of give some tidbits about marketing and, you know, building a solid uh, brand as a, a travel mm. professional. Um, right now, I have, at the time of this recording, I have an influencer series where I just give some tidbits about what I would do differently nice. as a retired, you know, from a retired influencer, what I would do differently, um, things that influencers can do now to start building audiences and monetizing. And I just kind of like walking through a series of these thoughts that I've had and things that I wish I would have known um, before I started, right? Because there weren't courses and podcasts about this stuff. I was just kind of floating and hoping for the best at the time. Um, and as far as the launch blueprint, so I have a free workshop on the website where you can come to the workshop right now at the time of the recording, it's a wait list. Um, but I talk about how you can actually turn a digital product into a six figure income stream. And a lot of times this looks like just changing a few different aspects. Um, and so the, in, the workshop is interactive and I kind of take you through some exercises and through a tool that um, I created to show you how you can take something that you already have and increase it to make it a six figure income stream. So hopefully you all can come to the workshop. I'm sure we'll share the links with you all, but yes. Yes. So I'll do that uh, already on, on the bio of the of the podcast itself. But guys, okay. I know you're listening. So will you visit rachelvhill.com and that's where you can find all of those resources. Uh, the workshop is free, obviously, but of course you have to try and get in um, in advance. And uh, talking about the, the resources, um, Rachel, from your platform, visitors can also access a list of publications that you yes. authored. And one of them is aimed at travel influencers of color. I mean, among there are so many, but I'm yeah. going to focus on, on that one <laughs> because um, <laughs> I would like you to give some of the tips that they can find in that guide. Um, and the guide is really uh, eye-catchy. I love the way <laughs> Yeah, so one of the things I talk about is, again, from... So I'm really big on not betting 100% on brand deals. and and actually taking the experience. I'm always of the school of thought, if you're gonna post on social media and not just post for your family and friends, but you're posting because you actually want to impact and educate and inspire people, you should be compensated for that. And so in the guide, I talk about things like building an email list, which a lot of influencers don't have. Um, and at this point, there's no excuse because you can do them for free. MailChimp offers it for free, ConvertKit. Um, and then again, creating something where you're kind of like creating a legacy 
Um, even if it's just, you know, a guide or something that you can also create for free on Canva and turn it into a PDF. Um, but I talk about just creating these sorts of assets to build authority and credibility to your brand um, to help people um, get to that no like and trust. So when we were talking mm -hmm. about, you know, how do you find influencers? You want to build the no like and trust factor. You want people to ask you for information, right? So how do you do that? And I talk about that, like being authentic, using your authentic voice, um, sharing the not so pretty stories about travel and your experiences because people can relate to everything is imperfect right especially because we come, go down this wormhole where we see all the amazingness of people's lives on social media forgetting yes. that every day does not look like that most days mm -hmm. don't look like that and so by humanizing your brand and humanizing your voice people can resonate and trust you and like you a lot more and that moves much further than your beautiful images or your you know your podcast or your youtube channel okay and rachel my last question is what according to you are the main trends that are going to define the future of black travel post-covid mm. so i would say i've been thinking about this and i don't i think right now it's so much uncertainty in the world no one knows what's about to happen but one thing that i definitely am seeing and i think will continue to increase is those travelers who had the the resources to travel especially amongst black travelers across the diaspora perhaps they had the resources they you know had the time but they were too scared right or you know too busy working or too focused on these other things and now you know with most of the world being on lockdown for over a year or at least mm -hmm. a year right there is this like emergence of i have to get out i have to explore mm -hmm. what have i been doing i've been wasting you know so much time not doing these things because i've been scared or whatever so or you know thought that i didn't have time so i think there's also this shift of new types of travelers that are coming and you know and i don't i can't really speak to their type of travel style or behavior but i do think that is um something that brands can be tapping into how do you um answer all of the challenges and the concerns that these new types of travelers will have as mm -hmm. they are you know again it's not that they don't have the means to do it they do and they are going to stay somewhere nice or whatever that looks like but how do you ease their concerns in this new world how do you encourage them to maybe not go to you know some of the easier places like a london or a paris or a miami but how do you convince them to go to a botswana or to a you know um angola or um, Malaysia or something like that. How do you entice them to come to these beautiful and unique destinations? So I think that's something that will start to trend that if brands could figure it out now and they get ahead of it, they will be in a great position. Hmm. And can we also add that uh, tomorrow's traveler, tomorrow's black traveler is going to, like you say, he has to be convinced. He's going to ask questions actually. Right. He wants to know which brands is um, he's dealing with like right. what are you guys doing to make the situation better yes i'm traveling with you but 
uh, what are you doing for the communities? What are you doing? You know, how are I black think, people treated there? Right? Like this is a, a big question that's popping up, right? Especially when we, the veil has been lifted and we, you know, mm. uh, the planet can see how black people across the planet are treated. So now mm. the question is, I do have the resources to come here and to patronize your country, but convince me why I should spend money there, especially mm. considering your history, right? So. And that could go to a lot of different countries. So again, how do you get in front of that? How do you encourage them? How do you talk a little bit more about, you know, I'm, I'm here in Mexico. There, uh, there are Afro-Mexican communities here. So Mexico, as an example, could talk a little bit more about their Afro-Mexican communities and the history of how African people ended up in Mexico, right? Like that would be something that's like, okay, cool. And how they've just added them to the census and now they are you know, a, a considered Mexicans now. At one point, they weren't necessarily considered that. So those are the type of things that these brands can really start thinking about and getting in front of and answering before we even get an opportunity to, you know, ask them, well, what are y'all doing, right? Rachel, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks You're for welcome. a beautiful, amazing chat and for your thank time you. and for answering all my questions because I had a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed our conversation. I really hope we'll have you back with us in the near future. Please enjoy Mexico. Thank you for having me. <laughs> for more information about Rachel and to access the wonderful resources we spoke about, the books, the podcast, the workshop, uh, please visit rachelvheal.com. Can they also go to racheltravels.com? Yes. Racheltravels.com okay. is still, it hasn't been updated because I haven't traveled, but the resources are still there and available. Okay. So we'll see you next time. And in the meantime, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and join our, commu our community on tourismentrepreneur.com. Mm -hmm.